I don't know how many people are going to be at your wedding, but like, you know, having 200 people come up to you and like have, you know, even if it's just like a 30 second or a minute long interaction, you're going to be like shaking, you know, people's hands for an hour and a half, which you're already going to be doing anyway. So I can see how that'd be overwhelming. I just, I kind of miss the, uh, the, the, uh, tangible connection of actually handing someone their gift. Yeah. I have never attended a wedding where I've actually given it to the person at the wedding. Like it's always just put it on the table and move along. Right. That's, that's what I was thinking of too. Pass along. And, and that's fair. I got honestly, like the way you were saying it, Noah, like I feel like I'm going to be so overwhelmed that day where I, I like wouldn't be able to appreciate you getting a gift for me in that moment. Cause there's just like, cause like you said, it'd be like lightning fast, like, Oh, Hey Noah, how's it going? Like, thanks so much for coming. And then it's like, Oh, I got this gift. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well I can't open it right now. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah, like I, again, some people might be different on this, but I am so appreciative of how you got the gift for us. Like it would, that was perfect that we read the note and I, I was glad you left a note because some people haven't and then it's like oh okay here's this cutting board <laughs> all right <laughs> i have no idea who it's from <laughs> i we had a few in our wedding that signed with their initials on the note oh no which when you have <laughs> like 150 people in attendance at a wedding that's it's, fun that's not gonna work <laughs> that's not gonna work because we there are it could be any number of people unless your last name starts with a z and your first name starts with a q we're not gonna get it so. that's also just kind of i don't know it seems yeah, kind of arrogant to me initials? yeah who will yeah, make you I, I sign with my initials but that's because well, everyone knows me by my initials <laughs> yeah Although, according to St. Thomas, your legal first name is just TJ. You are TJJ Beerenbaum. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that TJJ Beerenbaum. TJJ. <laughs> oh, my God. I wonder what the J stands for. J. J. TJJ. Weddings, man. Weddings. Weddings. Wow. Welcome uh, yeah. to the Q4 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, before we recorded, you you said a line that I am very interested to hear with the thoughts that were going to come after it. Yeah. You said, and I quote, there are so many players in Major League Baseball. Just yeah. like, I mean... Here, okay, so here's here's where it came from. Let me give some context, and then Noah, you can you you may speak. Okay, but it's like <laughs> I'm I'm just reading through like trade deadline grades from the Atlantic, and just reading Wait, through from the Atlantic. You mean the Athletic? The the Athletic. You guys need to listen. The Athletic is what I said. Um, it's like I thank you know thank the you for Atlantic catching that. Doing doing trade stuff now. <laughs> I saw what I thought was <laughs> a- a- Atlantic and didn't even think twice about it. So I appreciate you you calling that out. But it's like there, there's just so many 
random names I've never heard of in my life. And then you add in triple A, double A, single A, like it's ridiculous how many baseball players there are in quote unquote professional baseball. And it's just insane to me. I mean, you, you think it's, you play nine at a time, but there's a million of them, it seems like. And how do you even, as a GM, how do you even figure out, oh yeah, we want this prospect and this prospect and whatever. It's like, oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah, I, It's I mean, the reason I've never made it more than like two months in uh, out of the park baseball because I'm like, I could manage the major leagues. And then they're like, how do you feel about this guy in low A? And I'm like, I... I I didn't even know we had a low A team, <laughs> yeah, to be honest with you. I yeah. have not been paying attention to that. Yeah, it's it's just crazy. And like the, the whole farm system and yeah, like you said, like, oh, this guy's batting 233. Well, this guy's batting 222, but like at his on-base percentage is higher. And it's like, oh my God, how do you even, that is crazy. Yeah, because uh, every active roster is 25 players before expanded rosters so across 30 teams that's 750 players who could start any given day in any given major league baseball game then you have the 40 man rosters which the MLB which any MLB club can then you know rotate those players into their active roster uh, so that's what 1200 players then at that point it's 1200 um, players i did not re- like yeah, in when my you say mind like i'm like that. i know a fair number of players around the league and i did not realize that there are there are so you're right, Anthony. There are so many <laughs> <Yeah>. players, <laughs> like just twelve hundred. Like, and that's just twelve hundred. Yeah, that yeah, that that's not even like moving dudes up from. I mean, because it's not like the minor leagues have nine guys on a team either. Like, oh my goodness, that's cr- and when you put numbers on it, that makes it even more insane. Like twelve hundred, as like or what do you say seven fifty at like a. Bare, bare minimum. Those are players who can actively start. Uh, AAA yeah. on ha- any day. AAA, their active roster size is 28. Same for AA. High A is 30. Single A is 30. Uh, so those four levels right there, you have 120 teams across those four levels. Uh, you're oh getting up gosh. there real fast. Jeez, yeah, that just exponentially adds up. That's crazy. And I'm just, I'm amazed. percent of the American population is actually a member of some (laughs) sort of MLB team, whether or not they realize it. I I was actually going to make that announcement today. I was traded to uh, AAA Memphis. (laughs) So sorry, guys. I'll no longer be on Q4. Yeah, I'm not on Q4 anymore. I was traded to the Memphis Redbirds. Sorry, guys. It's just like, I mean, and how frequent injuries are and like all of a sudden, I mean, it's got to be a revolving door in major league clubhouses, you know, like this guy's getting sent down. This guy's getting called up. He's called up for a week. Like uh, a kid I went to high school with, I was good friends with his older brother, Max Meyer, went to um, went to the Gophers, played, uh, was a pitcher for the Gophers and then got drafted by the Marlins and actually had his first MLB start uh, last week, which is like crazy. Damn, that's like a starting pitcher in the MLB. And uh, later that week, we got news that he needs Tommy John surgery. Oh, so he's gosh. out. So he's like one of the highest oh. prospects in the country. And just like, boom, he's he's out for the rest of the year. And then it's like, okay, someone's someone's right there to replace him. Like it's just, it's just crazy to me how 
it seems like it's way more than even football, like just because of the minor league system. And obviously basketball is a lot smaller, but man, I, I bet hockey's probably pretty similar numbers hockey wise just because of have the, nearly as many minor league. Like that's the thing that sets the MLB apart is that yeah. every major league team has four farm teams. Four of them. Yeah, like that's nuts. That 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 are their own team too. Yeah. It's not like it's not like they're just sitting in a <laughs> going to say sitting in a cage, but like just <laughs> sitting not like they're just sitting ready to go on the back burner. Like they're playing games and yeah. Yeah, like that's nutty, if you man. play for the Twins, if you're drafted by the Twins, you will probably be playing in Pensacola for part of your career. Yeah. And yeah. you if will not just, your entire career. Yeah depending on how long your career and how good you are at baseball. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh so that was the and just with how how many stats there are, it's just like holy crap. Like how do so, you even keep track of that? So on this, we're about to keep track of it, Anthony. Please. I want to talk about some trade deadline because at the time oh of recording the trade gosh. deadline ended uh what was it 20 yesterday? About one hours ago? No, about yeah. 20, 28 hours ago. It's 5 p.m. 28 on hours Tuesday. Ago. Uh, mm. I, I I don't even know my thoughts. This was... to begin with. Like so so <laughs> so so much happened, first of all. This is it was insane the number of times my phone buzzed with a notification from ESPN. That this trade happened, and then immediately after a buzz from the athletic with a different trade because different people were reporting on different trades. It was constant. The twins, I am happy with. I, I wish, in in my pipe dream, I wish they would have gotten you know one of the, one of like the the big guys for pitcher. But I'll take an all star closer, a decent middle reliever. And another starting pitcher to replace the guy we picked up in the free agency who has been injured all season. I'll take it. Also, the catcher that they traded for, uh, good old Sandy Leone, who I had never heard of before yesterday on your topic of many players. Yeah, add it to the list. Added, added to the list. <laughs> Sandy Leone, who was called up today and drove in the first run in their game against the Tigers. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to the big leagues, kid. <laughs> uh, so the twins, I'm I'm happy with, but there's, there were just the the Yankees. I am uh, hateful towards. <laughs> yep, for the fact that not only were they already good this season, but they also made a few very good trade moves, which just makes me seethe with rage because now the twins who are on top of the division and now that they have some good moves and it looks like everyone else in the american league central uh sold at the trade deadline so just gave up twins could probably run away with this even if they hadn't made any trades um they're going to run into the brick wall that is the Yankees in the playoffs again, which means that we might see that 0-18 streak get even more record-setting. <laughs> I was just going to say, let's just get one, man. Let's just get one. I just one. want one. That's yeah. If the Twins can get me <laughs> one playoff win, 
I, it doesn't have to be a series. We don't need to move to the next round. Give me one win. One solid performance after October 1st. And I'm happy. The That'd trades were worth it. All of the offseason moves put Rocco Baldelli in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> if they get one playoff win, something that I have not seen since I was in elementary school, despite the fact that they have played in 18 <laughs> oh games. Oh my God, TJ. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I, oh my God. I just want one. <laughs> so I'm putting, I'm, I know they got. They got a closer, which they needed. Jawan Duran is good, and he doesn't have to be the closer anymore. They can actually put him into that middle reliever spot, which is where we really need him. But I'm putting my money on Sandy Leone, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm getting on this minor league catcher. We're going him and Lin-Manuel Miranda's cousin are going to bring <laughs> us to the playoffs and win us one game. Wait. Who's related to Lin Manuel? Uh, Jose? Is that his name? I think so. Or, yeah. Lopez? No. Jorge? Uh, Miranda. No, he's he's on the Twins. We didn't trade for Oh, okay. Yeah, Jose Miranda. Okay. Jose Miranda, yeah. <laughs> Did not know that connection. Yeah. That's quite interesting. <laughs> so, I okay, maybe, and I, I am probably going to cede most of my time on the MLB topic just because... <laughs> of ignorance but um hey ignorance is bliss you know what they say <laughs> you know it dude if you don't have to root for the twins why would you start um kind of interesting that two of the moves are from division opponents too i mean the tigers Very are interesting like tigers are not in it but to get your guy sandy leone from uh-huh. now the guardians like yeah. i don't know that just seems like i mean it's obviously not a big move but seems interesting that it's intra intra there were a few of those this year which was another like really surprising part of yesterday's madness yeah the cardinals were involved in uh, an intra-division trade and john mosaylock and michael gersh never never do that um which i think shows particularly for teams in the central such as the twins and the cardinals who are buyers kind of fringe contenders can make it Mm -hmm. if they just had a couple more pieces could make a a possibly a deep playoff run uh shows kind of the desperation to get some of that talent because i think it goes without saying that this trade deadline was very top heavy uh uh-huh juan soto Uh Uh, yeah (laughs) Yeah. but yeah and particularly in the relief pitching options, but also starting pitching options. Once you got past the top three, four, five guys, it was a precipitous drop. So showing that Cardinals and the Twins are willing to break kind of their golden rules of not trading within the division because nothing would be worse than seeing, you know, the player that the Twins traded to the Guardians or seeing one of the players that the Cardinals traded to the Pirates, you know, one of those prospects like turn into a superstar. That would suck. But that just shows how desperate they are to get that help. And so I think the Twins and Cardinals are in interesting positions where they are fringe contenders. They did get better at the trade deadline, but with teams loading up, i.e. San Diego getting Juan Soto, the Yankees loading up, the Dodgers getting a little bit better. uh, (sighs) Will that will what the Twins and Cardinals did be enough? Hey. The other interesting thing that led to the intra-division trades, I think, is that there were 
a surprising number of teams that at the beginning of the season were expected to be competitive that just freaking sold it yesterday. They were yeah. they just gave up. Well, that's and like Kansas City for one. Kansas City, the power rankings at the beginning of the season had Kansas City winning the Central. Really? <laughs> Not taking last place yeah. in the Central. What's what's interesting to me I mean, too is it feels like it feels like the Guardians and the White Sox are kind of making a twins move right now. It's like they're right there, but they're like, ah, oh, no, we should get rid of everybody. And it's well, like they're they're also that would piss me off, man. They're doing the the twins thing of getting rid of some, but just like trying to kick the competitive can down the road, like two or yeah. three years. Like, oh, we're on the brink, so you know we'll Not get enough, some prospects yeah. and we'll get. We'll get there next year. And that's what really gets me about the Twins this season is that they stopped doing that. They said, you know what? Let's do it. Let's get rid of eight prospects that were all in the top 25 of our system to get starters because who knows? Once you get to October baseball, who knows? Who knows? And, like, that's – I distinctly remember a a Joe Maurer interview from back in the day – where they were talking about that, they were like twins were right on the edge, and they're start. It was like right when they were getting rid of uh, like Brian Dozier. I remember mm. when they sent him to. I think it was directly to the Dodgers at that point. But it was like, why are we doing this, man? Like it just it tells the players that they're done. They have no chance, mm-hmm. and that's kind of surprising. Only being like the Guardians are one game back, and the Sox are two games back. Like I get it if you're the Tigers or the Royals, but. I'd be pretty heated if I was a Guardians or White Sox fan. Like, no, let's go. Let's put the pedal to the metal and let's go get this thing. Yeah. It's it's just <clears throat> when you give up halfway through the season and you signal to your club and your fans that, like, yes. you know what? We're not going to make it this year. You're going to finish 10 games back of where you could have. Because everyone on the team is just going to give up. That was actually that was <laughs> That's a, what, a rant that was boiling up. I was going to pose it as a question to you guys, but I th- I think you have answered <laughs> that question now. But seeing different philosophies at the trade deadline, specifically the buyers versus sellers. I mean, you look the Cardinals and the Padres approach the trade deadline with ver- two very different mindsets. The Cardinals on the fringe of contention, had they gotten someone such as Juan Soto, had they gotten Juan Soto, would have instantly been a better team, but the prospect capital that they would have had to give up would have mortgaged the future for now. It also would have left a big hole in their starting rotation, as opposed to the San Diego Padres, who have a very top-heavy roster and whose uh, uh, general manager is one of the most aggressive general managers in baseball and views prospects mostly as trade capital as opposed (laughs) to actual players that they could use for their team. Both Padres and Cardinals could very well be in the playoffs this year. Both could be World Series contenders tenders which then makes it so interesting on the flip side that there are many different methods that work to be in contention yet you see all of these teams who halfway through the season i mean teams such as as the royals it makes sense you're 12 and a half 14 games back whatever it is right i'm sorry 14 and a half games back right now yeah Uh, the tigers are 14 games back you understand it's like okay it's it's a tough chance to get back as opposed to say the white Sox of the guardians who are uh respectively one game and two games back right now um 
But just to see teams sell off and say, yeah, we're only like two-thirds of the way through the season, but but we're going to give up. So the, the initial – it makes me really mad seeing teams do that. And my initial question to you guys, and this will also act as a segue at some point. We don't have to do it right now, but into football as well, because I have some opinions, capital O, <laughs> on a certain <laughs> geriatric NFL team owner slash general manager. Um Ziggy Wilf isn't that old. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but specifically related to baseball and to tanking, because that is so much more prominent and prevalent in the game of baseball than it is in any other major sport. How much do baseball teams, general managers, front offices owe to the fans? How much do they have a responsibility to the fans to put a competitive team on the field? Because I would argue they owe them a lot. They have to do everything in their power to make sure that they're putting the best football team, the best baseball team, the best basketball team, whatever it might be, on the court, field, diamond, wherever you're playing the game in order to earn the trust and respect of your fans. Teams such as the Minnesota Timberwolves, have been bad for decades, but at least they're trying. At least they want to get better. They haven't been successful in that until recently, but for the most of the past 20 years, and they've been really bad. that's why the roof of the Target Center gets torn off anytime they win a close game that's even remotely relevant. Exactly. <laughs> Their fan base is in it. So there are bad teams who have good fan bases, but seeing teams who every single year, just as you're mentioning with the Twins, who are always mortgaging their current roster to bet on the future, it's like, okay, no, 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 no. We're, we're not quite in it this year. Just give us another year, and I promise you next year we're going to be in it. Only to be spoon-fed the exact same thing the very next year and the year after that and the year after that. I can understand why so many fans of... More recently, not so recently, the Twins, other baseball teams who could, they're always just one step away, but then they sell it all off. I can understand why there's frustration, why there's resentment there, why there's an unwillingness to believe in your team. Coming from a Cardinals fan who, yes, it's been a big drought for the Cardinals, haven't won a championship in 10 years, but who are always competitive, whose GM and front office is always doing what they can to make sure that they're at least competitive. You would like to see a few more moves to kind of push them over the top. They've been good, not great the last 10 years, and that's a little frustrating as well, but at least the Cardinals are in it, and at least the front office can say with a straight face without lying that, hey, we're doing the best that we can to give you a good product, and the results show that. <clears throat> Rant over, all of that to poise the question, how much do teams owe their fans? I think they owe them a lot, but <clears throat> just... From a product level, in terms of it's it's entertainment, they are gi giving their fans something, right? They're giving them a team to root for. That is, we give them money so that they give us a sports team. It's a weird way of looking at it, but it is. But from a strategy standpoint, anytime a team sells... I know it happens in baseball all the time, and honestly, it, it does make sense because baseball is, in terms of numbers of players, it is bottom-heavy, which is not how other leagues work. Like, in the NFL, if you're trading for someone, you are trading a starter for a starter. Yeah. Like, that's just it. You are trading 
position-wise, your strong position for someone else's strong position so that you can kind of even your team out. In the MLB, you are trading starters for hopefully future starters. That is the, that's the currency. So if a team is going to sell and get prospects, like many teams have in the league, there needs to be that point where when you sell, A, you get, you get prospects that you can try to start this season. B, you have it in that plan that you are going to go big within three years. Because if you're trading and you're getting the number three and the number nine prospect in the league, those two guys are going to be starters next year. And those two guys deserve a team around them that can win. So you are making a bet on the future, but it has to be a bet that you take. Teams like the Kansas City Royals, I guess they did do that. They won in... When, when was the last time they won the World Series? Wasn't that 2016? 2015 or... It, Cubs won in 2016. The Royals won in 2015. So 2015. So they did that, and then they collapsed, and now they're doing it again. But teams like the White Sox, who were on the brink, right? Yeah. And they were yeah. supposed to be getting more on the brink. They did nothing. Nothing happened at the trade deadline. They were supposed to be good this year. They were supposed to be really good this year. And they they did diddly squat. Or and teams like the Pirates, who have been selling for, like, what, 40 years now? <laughs> That's what it seems like. Uh, who, um, who never, they never make a move to sign. They've never, they have never been in the conversation for someone who is a big name, it seems. Which I think goes, like, I think what, you hit the nail on the head, but, like, the convert, you need to be in the conversation, like the Cardinals were in the conversation for Juan Soto. Did they get him? No. Were they a finalist? Like, no, I don't know. They, they were, they were, Probably they were not. one of the last three teams uh, who are in okay. talks for Juan Soto. So, like, not getting him obviously sucks, but at the same time, it shows the fans that it's like, yeah, no, no, no. We're like, yeah, we're believing in this team because as soon as you start selling, it's saying that we don't believe in this team right now. So to me, it's like, well, I'm going to go to a game, but just because the tickets are going to be cheaper. Like, I'm, you know, like what's the point of going to the game if they know that like winning is not really the priority or the focus right now? So I, again, with the, like with the White Sox, we talked about this and I will toot Q4's horn here. We talked about the White Sox a couple years ago as like mm-hmm. being they were going to be a problem. And it's like, okay, yeah, they had this young core. They were moving in the right direction. Hit the gas pedal. Like, go Make for it. Make yourself a problem. Why not? Yeah. Don't, Do like, it. It's so hard. And honestly, it's, you know, ask me after this happens, but I would love to be in the Royals situation. Like, I would love to have watched a World Series and win a World Series. And then... Okay, if they suck the next couple of years, like I again, this is saying it in my state of mind now. Like I'd love a Minnesota championship. And then if they suck the next couple of years, it's like whatever, man. At least they won. Instead of just grasping at straws when they won 20 Oh god, how like 22 years ago. Yeah. 
It's well, like, that's that's what the mid market the mid market teams have to do. That right? Yeah, like we're not yeah, they, the Dodgers. Exactly. We're not the Yankees. We these teams: the Chicago White Sox, the Minnesota Twins, the Kansas City Royals, St. Louis Cardinals. All put on a different tier because they have a, that but fan base. That's the thing, but it's, though. It's the it's similar. The the St. Louis Cardinals are not a large market team. They are not working with the budget of a large market team such as the Cubs or the Dodgers or the Yankees, but the way in which they have structured their organization. A lot of Cardinals fans love to complain about John Mosaylock and Michael Gersh, that they're not doing enough to push this team over the edge. They're not doing enough getting us the the superstar players. We're not getting the Juan Sotos of the world uh, to do do a boomer bust a world series or bust we're going to win the world series as you're pushing all of our chips into the into the middle but the way the cardinals have themselves structured is even though they are a small or mid-market team they are still competitive year in and year out in the way that they have structured themselves and a lot of other teams could be able to do that if they had the same type of strategy strategy excuse me strategization and the same level of prospect development that the Cardinals did. And I'm not saying you can do that overnight, but small market teams can do that. And so maybe I'm speaking from a different place than you all are as a Cardinals fan, but it is always just so bizarre to me that it's this either, or it's like, Oh, we're either going to compete this year or we're going to wait for a few years down the road. If you play your cards right, if you maintain your players and you develop good, solid young players who can come up and play for you when you lose your superstars, it shouldn't have to be a pick and choose. And I think MLB teams who have millions of dollars, I'm looking at like the Oakland Athletics who have a payroll of $42 million. There's no way they're trying to be competitive this year. There's no way they're trying to be competitive in the next three, four or five years. They, they're just the not. Oakland Athletics have a payroll that is the same amount as Kyler Murray's one year salary. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. And the fact that they're paying yeah. 25 people the same amount that Kyler Murray is doing, I'm sorry. That is just not a commitment to a good product. That is not a commitment to making a good baseball team. And so Well, that's that the thing about <clears throat> all these teams that we are we are oh, man, well, I'm getting heated. Same. All right. <laughs> I, all these yes. teams that are sellers, right? The twins have been in this position so many times, and I'm so glad i'm so happy to see them make bold potentially stupid moves yes to try to be competitive they got rid of some prospects that were showing lots of promise that could have been starters next year and they shipped them out for guys who are hot now because that signals to the team and to the fans hey you know what this might be a bad idea but we're gonna do it we're going to yeah. put our foot on the gas and we're going to hit this thing. And that's because the, it is now or it is never. I don't think you can't, it was, you can't kick it down the road forever. You'll never win. Looking at you, White Sox. I, you got to you got to go for it. I don't one year. I don't think the Twins made stupid decisions this year. You don't have no. to make stupid decisions to be aggressive and to make win now moves. I, and in the way the way that I see it is that you you don't need to make stupid moves. I don't think they made stupid moves. I think they were smart moves. You have to be willing to make moves that in the future could prove to be stupid. If they do not win in the next two years and the prospects they traded away turned out to be great, at least they tried. 
yeah. at least they gave it something. And you would rather have, like, if I'm a White Sox fan, I'd rather have something that could be potentially stupid than completely giving up. Like, because the, the Padres Juan Soto move, that could be, that could end up being a horrendous decision. It, it could yeah, blow up it, in their face in the next three years. It could when be Juan so- the next, it could be the next Herschel Walker trade. Yep. I, I don't think it'll be that bad because Juan Soto is 23 years old. He's one of the best baseball players, yeah. if not the best baseball player. He's not Herschel Walker. No. But but all that to say, it could backfire for the Padres because they're building a very top-heavy roster. They're building a very yeah. top And so you're going, you've already given up a bunch of your prospects, and there's no guarantee that Juan Soto is going to be with you after 2025. He could opt out of, uh, sorry, excuse me, 2024. He could he'll be a free agent after the 2024 season. He very well could sign. He's a Scott Boris client. So, you know, Scott Boris is going to try and get him the most money ever for any sports. And he already turned down a massive contract. Exactly. I don't blame him for doing that because it's a 15 year deal. Who wants to, I mean, that would take basically. That's that's the thing is that it's unpredictable. And that I love the way that they've done this. The, the Padres, I, I really enjoy the way, that they play and the way that they run their team because there is the potential that this all blows up. The potential that in two years we're looking at the team that is the bottom of the division, right? But at least but what they're there's doing- also the potential that these guys mash, right? Like there is the potential that <laughs> there are nine players on this field that are the best at what they do. Yeah. And that is such a fun prospect to me and especially for a team such as the Padres who have been so close the last couple of years this is the kind of move that the front office needed to make for their team and for their fan base to charge them up and say hey you know what the last two years we've come so close and yet didn't get it thank you guys for staying with us here's the best player in baseball let's go win a world series in the next two years imagine being on the Padres like you're uh, one of the middle relievers. I love going to this position because nobody thinks of the middle relievers, but <laughs> I want all the middle relievers listening to this podcast to know that I appreciate you. I think about you. Imagine being in the middle of the bullpen in the Padres, and you're like, you know what? This team could be something. This team could be good. And then freaking Juan Soto shows up. Yeah. Imagine like the, the fire that would put in the step of the entire team. For sure. I mean, yeah, it just it brings up the morale of everybody. Your coaches and, believe in this team enough to sell the farm. <laughs> yeah, and they did. And they did. I th- to try to get but they're going for it. Man. Exactly. You can't, going for it. can't blame them. I love it. Particularly when you're playing in a division with the Los Angeles Dodgers, you need to bring your A game. You need to do everything you can to win a championship. And I think the Padres oh. have done that. It would be so sweet if the L.A. Dodgers with currently the world's most massive payroll that is higher than 95% of country's GDP, (laughs) if the Padres could just come in there and cream them. I'd love it. And now I know we need to move to the NFL because uh, camp is happening and things are happening. But uh, the team that is a buyer that we have not talked about that I am shocked was a buyer because they were they were not I is the team that I was going to hop on the bad wagon for <laughs> and that is the Seattle Mariners yes. with Let's their Mariners. selling out to get Luis Castillo like that's that's huge 
That is a huge deal. The, uh, the <clears throat> athletic said that uh, <laughs> they have they've basically like bought their way into the playoffs. Like they've yeah. they've not secured, but like they're they are now a real threat because of that. Uh huh. Well, and that's and the, that's exactly the kind of move that you want to see from a yes. team who has the longest playoff drought currently in the MLB. They have not been in the playoffs since 2002. They currently have the second wild card spot. They're a game up they on do. the Tampa Bay uh I, I don't know, I was about to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Rays. They're a game up on the Tampa Bay Rays right now and they're a game back of that first wild card spot. The West is kind of out of reach only because the Astros are so good and I hate that I so freaking much. I hate them. But Seattle is a good team this year. They're not a great team. I think the trade that they made for Luis Castillo, depending on how the rest of the season plays out, could go their way. And they're still within reason of saying they're only 11 games back of the Astros right now. That's a lot, but it's not insurmountable if the Astros kind of bungle the second half of the season and Seattle goes on a tear. And that's what you want. You want a team, you want your team to be on the fringe and the trade deadline is exciting and it's fun and they go out and they make a big play and you're super excited for the second half of the season. Like, yes, we got Luis Castillo. We got the best uh, starting pitcher on the trade market. Let's go catch these freaking Astros and kick their asses and win a playoff game. And at least, at the very least, just get back to the playoffs and be there for the first time in 20 years. I have just recognized another horrific situation we might find ourselves in. Oh, no. Okay. The Mariners get a playoff win before the Twins after having a drought for 20 years. <laughs> you know that would what? not be great. I think it's just like, it just needs to, just needs to happen. Like, uh. it just needs, because it's... <sighs> It's, it's not a good I, reputation. I, I don't like that I just realized that's an actual possibility this year. Oh. Also, in the Mariners' case, it helps that the rest of, like, obviously the Astros are terrible and the worst team in existence, but also very talented. Um, the, the rest of the AL West, though, is garbage. Yeah, trash. It's, it's terrible. The Angels employ... Two of the most insane athletes we have ever watched play the play the game, and they are currently sitting twenty two and a half games back of the division. I mean, that's that I don't understand how it's possible. They are maybe the most bungled team in the MLB so far, but the Mariners have a chance to be to be someone. Yeah. Now that's I'm not going to say I called it. Because like I jumped off the bad wagon after their GM says some says some things that I yeah. wasn't a huge fan of, uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna say I kind of called it. Yeah, yeah I think I you mean, did. I you think did. that counts. Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll give you a half yeah. on yeah. that one. Yeah, you. All right. Yeah, it's not like you and weren't speaking there. Of, speaking of calling it, um, how do we feel about a Vikings Cowboys NFC Championship game? I I'm in. Hate. Jerry Jones. <laughs> that, that's his answer to that question. Is I hate Jerry Jones. Please, no. I, why? Why? 
Why First this off, time? All th- What's wrong with him? All of this to say, I don't think a Vikings Cowboys NFC Championship is going to happen this year. I really hope I don't I'm wrong. Because I honestly do not believe that either the Vikings or the Cowboys will be there. <laughs> Jerry Jones is turning 80 years old. During a press conference, he said, more than anything, he wants to win. He has not shown that he wants to win in the last 26 years. All of the decisions... Yeah, it doesn't really seem like he wants anything all that much, apparently. <laughs> if this is what he wants the most. And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, keep that statement in mind. Meanwhile, this past offseason, the Cowboys traded away Amari Cooper for nothing. Their wide receiver core is down to CD Lamb, which is good. Noah Brown. Uh oh. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, James Our Washington. My favorite player. Yes. My favorite player. Um, James Washington, Semi Fahoko, and an undrafted free agent, and someone uh, signed from the USFL. So James Washington is supposed to be your second receiver because Michael Gallup is out with an injury. He will miss week one. James Washington goes down with a, with a foot injury. He's broken. It's a, a Jones fracture, which uh, anything being called Jones being a detriment to the Cowboys is fitting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so your starting three wide receivers are most likely going to be C.D. Lamb, Noah Brown, and T.J. Vasher. Have you ever heard of T.J. Vasher? Can't say I have. No, neither have I. Um, (laughs) When asked about that, if there is urgency to fill a void with a free agent wide receiver, a market which still includes the names such as Will Fuller and Odell Beckham Jr. and Cole Beasley and T.Y. Hilton, Jerry Jones says, Nah. I like where we're at. I'm excited for these young guys. I don't think we need to go out and get a veteran receiver. Sorry, I'm fuming right now. And well, and after how uh, how much the running game was uh, less than the expectation last year as well. Like, I mean, you think of Ezekiel. I I guess the pairing was was good, Ezekiel Elliott and and uh, Tony Pollard. But it's like this offense was the most electric offense in the league for the majority of the year. So, like, go for and it. I, th- I mean, it's the I same th- conversation. Go for it. I understand if you think that trading Amari Cooper was in your best interest because you had too many options and you're just trying to spread the ball too much and you really weren't having a game plan other than, oh, yeah, we'll just find the open guy and throw it to him. I guess I can kind of get behind that, but to say that you're comfortable going into a season with CeeDee Lamb opposite Noah Brown with Dalton Schultz and a banged-up Ezekiel Elliott from last season, he looks healthy this year, but who knows? He hasn't had... I mean, he still had a decent year last year, but he can't be the workhorse back that he was early in his career. To say this offense is worse than it was at this point last year, and to say that you feel more confident about this team right now, in face of the whole fact, sorry, I'm making bad sentences right now. I just cannot <laughs> correctly, appropriately you are, this articulate. You as bad as you have been in red. a while. <laughs> I am just so, I think it's finally hitting. I think there's that that point. It's like the, the five stages of grief. There's denial anger, bargaining, 
depression and acceptance. I think I've been in denial for the first 10 years that I've been a Cowboys fan that I've always thought like, oh, yeah, no. Jerry Jones knows what he's doing. We're gonna we're gonna be a good team. We'll we'll we, we've got Tony Romo, we've got Des Bryant, we've got Jason Witten, we've got Demarco Murray, we've got Miles Austin. Our offensive line is great. We've got Demarcus Ware. No, did nothing with that in the last ten years. So now I think finally this off season. I don't know. why. I feel like I'm just getting more cynical, and it makes me sad. But also like I think that's just part of being an adult, which sucks. But also. <laughs> It's sports, so it really doesn't matter. But overall, I'm getting to the point where I'm cynical and I'm mad and I'm fed up with his BS. I I, I cannot stand here and listen to him try and tell us that we're not seeing what we're seeing. It's like, oh, no, this team is actually good. You just don't know it because you're not a great football mind like I am. Screw you, Jerry Jones. You have not won a Super Bowl since Jimmy Johnson. You do not get to say that you're a good football mind because you're not. You haven't done anything in the last 26 years to earn the confidence of your fans. Everything that I was talking about with the St. Louis Cardinals, they have not won a championship in the last 10 years, but at least they've been to the conference championship equivalent, the NLCS, a couple of times in the last decade. At least they have a championship in the last decade. The Cowboys have not been to a conference championship in 26 years and there is no urgency to fix that it seems like yes we have a great quarterback in Dak Prescott CeeDee Lamb is on the verge of being a superstar Micah Parsons is arguably the best defensive player in the league Trayvon Diggs is an electric corner you have cornerstone pieces on your team that you need to succeed but you cannot tell me that you're going to win a I was going to say World Series. You cannot tell me you're going to win a Super Bowl championship with Noah Brown as your number two wide receiver and Terrence Steele as your right tackle. I'm sorry. That is just wrong. You are wrong. That felt good to get out. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Tell kinda us how you really w- feel. Wish we were together so I could kind of just like give you a hug right now. You know, <laughs> like, that'd be nice. Dang, I've tried man. over the last couple of weeks. I've tried just talking about some of this stuff with Laura, and she's very like she's very supportive and will listen. But like, she's just not a a, a big football fan, so like, she doesn't appreciate it as much as you guys do. So there's just something cathartic about just getting here, and maybe it's just also just like having a microphone too. It's like I, I feel like my opinions are more important than they are because they're they're just not. They're just, <laughs> no, they're more important than. Than anything else right now, and on on that topic of <clears throat> say ta- ranting to people who are not uh, you too, I have been informed numerous times that I need to record an episode of Q4 <laughs> to get it all out of my system <laughs> because I, I have it. been ranting too much in my normal life. <laughs> so, welcome to the Q4 podcast. But well, uh, you are absolutely correct. The Dallas Cowboys will not be as good as they were last year, which sucks. Because they, I just, I looked at their schedule again from last season and that, that, what, what did you, what else did you want? Yeah. What, like, this is, this is a team, man. This is a team that's putting up 50 points a game. Come on. And they were like, I mean, you could say this about all three of us, but as, as the year, as the football year approaches, we usually get kind of just back in the yeah but you know the vikings could go all the way you know like but but last <laughs> I mean, year they could anthony it was <laughs> n- no last year <laughs> like it was a real thing for the cowboys like it was that was like people outside of this podcast were also saying that 
So it just like it <laughs> stings. Happen very often. No, it does not. Usually the opposite. But like that, it stings because you saw what it could have been, and then they're moving in the opposite direction. It appears. So I, I, I feel I I pity your frustration, Noah, and I feel bad for you. But uh, I don't know. Maybe some new ownership will come in one way or another. As dark nope, as Jerry that. Jerry Jones is gonna gonna own the Cowboys until we die. Well, that's <laughs> he's gonna the, live forever. Uh, once Jerry Jones passes away, whenever that might be, uh, ownership will go to his children. And Stephen Jones has shown a uh, uncomfortably similar level of ineptitude as his great. dad. It's just not great. Um, just to kind of encapsulate the frustration, the anger. Um, the Cowboys have not been to a conference championship since 1995. Uh, they are one of only five teams in the last 25 years to have not made a conference championship game. They are in, and so Jerry Jones uh, wants to say that the Cowboys are always competitive, that you know they're the best team, and so teams want to beat them, and they give them their best every single week. Um, in... The, the only four other teams who have gone as long without a conference championship is the Dallas Cowboys, the Miami Dolphins, the Cleveland Browns, the Washington Commanders, and the Detroit Lions. Teams I, that you would not put in yeah. the category of elite, great, or even good. Those are The teams. Jacksonville Jaguars within our memory, have yeah. made it, at least. The Jacksonville Jaguars, who are a total mess right now, game. have made it to an AFC Championship game within the last five years. For when I think of a team that illustrates disaster, my first thought is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. And they have a more recent appearance than the Dallas Cowboys. Which just seems wrong, doesn't it? Like It seems like the Cowboys should have. Should have done this, should have done that, but they just based have on the way, not. Based on the way Jerry Jones has talked for the last two and a half decades, you'd think that the Cowboys have gone 26-0 and in the last 26 Super Bowls. But no, we <laughs> haven't even gotten remotely close. With incredibly talented teams, mind you. The 2014 Dallas Cowboys that went 12-4 and with Tony Romo, DeMarco Murray, Des Bryant, Jason Witten. The 2016 Cowboys who went 13-3 and with Dak and Zeke in their rookie years. Last year's team went 12-5, and five, one of the best offenses in football that season, put up two 50-point games in December. Teams just don't do that when you're getting close to playoff football. And you're going to tell me that, one, you're committed to winning when you let your team get better, or when you, sorry, when you let your team get worse, and then to sit there and tell us that, nah, fam, we're good. This team is so much better than we were last year, even though our most significant off-season addition uh, was Anthony Barr, who we just signed today. So the, by, when Jerry Jones was giving that press conference, Anthony Barr wasn't even on the team. So to say that we are a better team than, than we were, that we don't need wide receiver help, that we're going to be competitive, and that we're going to win a Super Bowl, I'm sorry, Jerry Jones, you're wrong, and you're dumb, and I don't like you. <laughs> and there, there's a I'm level of like what you have to do as – being a part of the front office, like nobody's going to say like, oh, our team's bad. We have no chance. But being realistic would go a long way as well, because this is just like confute delusion at this point. 
is because you can see right through it. And if you had any trust in Jerry Jones at all before, it's probably gone now. It's so. it's gone. It's one hundred percent gone. Yeah, I I want to contrast this with something that I am experiencing for the first time, which is uh, a general manager that is extremely analytics based, which is a very weird thing to think about for the Minnesota Vikings and a new school head coach. Quasi Adolfo Mensa had a press conference the other day where he was asked, can Kirk Cousins lead the Vikings to a Super Bowl? And his response was, there are only a few quarterbacks in the NFL that no matter what team you put out will bring you to a Super Bowl. Those guys are Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Everyone else, including Kirk, we have to build a team around. So we will see. It's, and hmm. I, I, I saw people on Twitter getting mad. They're like, "This guy, this guy hates Kirk Cousins." It's the same thing with Mike Zimmer. He comes out, well, "How, how dare you trash your starting quarterback?" Like, no, he's just he's being real. He's yeah. the general manager. He's building a team. Don't you want him to build? Don't we want Kirk Cousins, whether we think he's good or not, to have a good team around him? To maybe win a Super Bowl? Isn't that the whole point of the general manager to also? Be realistic about the players that you have, to be honest, and say, hey, we don't have Tom Brady. I don't think Kirk Cousins takes much offense at being told, hey, you're not Tom Brady. (laughs) We're going to build a team around you. I feel like he would kind of appreciate that. Right. That it's that, hey, we're going to help you. And yeah, let's be real. You're not Tom Brady. Did we need to say that out loud? Like, come on. We didn't. (laughs) We all knew this. Yes. Yeah, nobody. That's not new information. And yeah, I just, I, I, you got to appreciate that. You do, because with the Jerry Jones thing, it's like th- these teams do everything in public, right? Like all the moves happen, and we know about it. So does he just think we're stupid? Like we we can see what you're doing. Like you're not hiding anything, man. And we know what you've done, and it hasn't been very good. And I understand that Jerry Jones loves Dak Prescott. I love Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But Dak Prescott is not Tom Brady. Dak Prescott is not Patrick Mahomes. Dak Prescott needs help to get your team to a Super Bowl. Yet Jerry Jones, for the last 15 years, has had a major man crush on whoever his starting quarterback is, whether that's Tony Romo or Dak Prescott. And I have too. I will openly admit that I have had major man crushes on Tony Romo and Dak Prescott. <laughs> but I don't think that they can win a Super Bowl by themselves and they need help. Jerry Jones seems to firmly believe that Dak Prescott is the key to a Super Bowl, which I think he is. But Jerry Jones seems to think that Dak Prescott is the only key that he needs to win this Super Bowl. And Jerry Jones has walked up to a door with 22 locks and one key. And he thinks that he can get through this door with the one key that he has. That's a great And metaphor. he refuses to listen to anyone who informs him <laughs> that he needs 21 more keys to get through said door. <laughs> that was great. It made just, sense right away. That was good. I just don't get it. I do not understand it. And I don't understand how he can be so delusional that he thinks he is helping this team when over the last 10 years, 15 years, last 26 years, he has not 
put this team in a position to win a Super Bowl. Our best chances so, have come and gone with little more than whimpers in the playoffs. I have a solution. Uh, do, we do buy I, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. I got that money I'm in on the board. bank. So you know they they were just voted to be the most <laughs> the uh, what it's the most valuable sports franchise yep. in the nation. We can swing it. Yeah. I don't know. Just like take out sixteen a loan. billion dollars. Not not the nation in the world. They are yeah, like even more than swing that. Our sixteen listeners. Do you know how much we make from an unsponsored podcast with sixteen listeners, fourteen of which are Noah? <laughs> Let's start a GoFundMe you, campaign. Have you guys heard the story of the guy <laughs> who uh, put a, a listing on GoFundMe for ten dollars because he wanted to make a potato salad and just needed to buy the ingredients for potato salad and got thirty thousand dollars? for that campaign so just made thirty thousand dollars worth of potato salad and invited all of his donors for a big outdoor picnic we just need to do that but with our listeners to buy the dallas cowboys we just need to crowdsource 7.64 billion dollars so it's it's how much 7.64 billion yes okay i'm going to how many i'm going to do some quick math how many eons of us producing content would that take so what we need is we need every every single citizen of the United States to donate $25. <laughs> that is insane, dude. That is so much money. <laughs> we'll we'll start like throwing out Yeah, hey, you get a draft pick. You 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 meet certain requirements. Oh, you donate $10,000. You can sure. You go up and read one of the draft picks. Tears of the GoFundMe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. If you, you donate a, a million dollars, we will literally name a section of the stadium. <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> you, you donate $100,000, you are our starting quarterback for week 17. <laughs> <laughs> You'll play a game. We'll, we'll dress you for a game. <laughs> it's a li- limited number of spots. Every <laughs> The first season of this Dallas Cowboys, every position is determined by donation. <laughs> So we have 22 slots open for $1.5 million donations to be the starting quarterback. And it's all rated on how prestigious the position is. <laughs> you want to be you want to be left guard? All right. Give us give us 500,000. But you, you want to be the kicker? That's 2 million. <laughs> it's a big deal, man. <laughs> it's a yeah. big deal. Honestly, the Cowboys have had a lot of kicker troubles this offseason too, which is just another Ugh, don't even want to get into that. Open it up to the public. Let's do it. That's what the Vikings did, which is a horrific that's, thing. That's a rock bottom move right there. That's a, that's a literally really some is. random dude off the street come in and kick footballs for us. Good to lord. Hear the words "open to the public" tryout for a professional it, sports for team. Professional, this is not like this, this is not like to be a custodian. This is is what happens when there's no minor leagues, that once you run out of the 32 guys that are in the league, you're out of options. There's nothing else. And even the 32 backups, yeah, you're like, okay, whoever played maybe high school soccer, come on out and let's see what you can do. Oh, my goodness. The, um, I think, can I make a claim here? Yes. You are. Of course you can. Um, this is the Q4 podcast. We've, it's all this is. <laughs> we've talked about 
the difference between AFC and NFC before. When we started this podcast, there was a pretty stark difference, I felt. And I think the AFC is miles and miles and miles ahead of the NFC. Like, just scrolling through the team names in the AFC versus the NFC, like, the NFC is not very good. The Can, NFC has there's like so much top heaviness. Yes, yeah. But there's just so but many the, random teams in the AFC that could be great. The issue with that, though, is that the NFC still ends up being better. Because the top-heavy teams are so top-heavy. It's weird. Like and the Rams and the Bucks are so good. Yeah, I, I was. I'm going to push back on that a little bit because like the NFC West has three teams who can compete this year for the playoffs. You got the Rams, the Cardinals, and the Niners. And the poor Seahawks are left in the we dust. We said that last year. We said that the NFC West was the one to watch last year, and it collapsed on us. The NFC West. They had three teams make the playoffs last year. We were talking about the AFC West, I think maybe. Oh, I okay. Know. I was talking about the maybe. I was talking about the NFC yeah. West. Because the, the NFC West, the Rams, the Cardinals, and, and the Niners made it. The the AFC yeah. West. I mean, the AFC West still had two teams make it as well: the the Chiefs and the Raiders. And the Chargers were a game back of the Raiders as well, so it was still a pretty close one. Um, but no, uh, I, I think the NFC has. They don't have as many great teams because. Each division has two teams in the AFC who are good to great. I think there are a lot of solid teams, wild card teams in the NFC. There's just a lot of like, I mean, I guess if if the playoffs are going to be like they were last year, where it was just like we have no idea what's going to happen, which was awesome. Like that was the best, so much fun. Best playoffs that I've I've been alive for. But I mean, like looking at the AFC or sorry, the NFC South, it's like. Well, I guess the Bucks are in there, but like with the other three, it's like I mean, okay, like I don't believe in any of those teams. Where like even the like if you go to the AFC, it's like man, I could I could make an excuse for a lot of these teams. Like a lot of them are on the cusp. I don't know. Maybe that's just like some bias that I'm approaching this with, but I just feel like the NFC. It's there's not going to be a lot of surprises, whereas the AFC could be surprise heavy i.e. Bengals last year. So is it... I'm going to make a bold claim. I think that the main difference between the AFC and the NFC is the AFC has the next... Every member of the next generation of quarterbacks plays for an AFC team. Yes. Aside from Kyler Murray. Hmm. Let's... Let me... Let me vet that claim in the next 10 seconds here. (laughs) Hmm. Yep. If yep. you want, are you, Joe Flacco. What are you looking for? Joe Flacco. Yep. Joe, <laughs> okay. Can I That's say, true. if Joe Flacco <laughs> is named the starter of the New York Jets, they are my band wa- my bad wagon pick. I am oh, going to oh, ride or absolutely. die with yeah. that. One hundred percent, without question. If if Joe I will, Flacco, I will die for them. Actually, I was, I was just about to say that if Joe Flacco is named the starting quarterback, that would be my Super Bowl pick, Cowboys-Jets. But I don't think I'd want to see that because Joe Flacco is the greatest quarterback of all time, and there's no way he's losing a Super Bowl. <laughs> he's too elite, dude. Too elite. Oh, my God. I'm, so so I'm, I'm on the quarterback list right now, all right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the names of, of good quarterbacks in the NFL. Obviously, the top, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. They are... 
old gen. They are last year's model. They're <laughs> running on fumes. Any other m- metaphor I can think of to say that their career is over in five years. I don't think anyone would disagree with that. Nope. No, but you know Tom Brady might be here for another yeah, 10. So. Gonna, yeah. But in terms of young quarterbacks, Josh Allen, AFC. Justin Herbert, AFC. Joe Burrow, AFC. Patrick Mahomes, AFC. Kyler Murray, NFC. Dak Prescott, I'm going to put on the fringe of young quarterbacks. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised Dak Prescott is entering his seventh season already. He's 29 years old. Yeah. He's not, yeah. I mean, he's not old, but he's not a spring chicken either. But then we've got Lamar Jackson, Tua Tagovailoa, Joe Flacco. Baker Mayfield now plays for the NFL, but am I going to call him a young upstart star? Maybe. No, stupid. Joe Flacco. But that's like, Joe Joe Flacco is obviously elite. We don't need to mention that. He's clearly, clearly the best. But that's like that list right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the AFC. The AFC is run by young, hot quarterbacks. I mean, I don't think they're an old, has hot quarterback it, in Joe Flacco. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear I hear what you're saying, and I think that that kind of leans into the whole like, yeah, any literally any of them could be a playoff team. Like any of those guys that you mentioned could lead their teams to the playoffs and could go all the way for sure. Whereas like a Carson Wentz. And uh, whoever the heck is the Detroit Lions quarterback, if it's still Jared, Jared Goff, Goff. Jared like, Goff. I mean, no, like that's not going to happen. Even Matt <laughs> Ryan, like, no, I don't think so. I don't know. Like, so, yeah, it, it's it's going to be fun to watch. But I, I if when, we're doing Super the, Bowl picks, I have my I was just about to say well, I, I have a to, discussion yeah, to, about them. Yeah, to start to wrap this up, should we move on to yep. to way too early Super I Bowl picks? We, I think we hit the Super Bowl picks. That's the show. Let's hear them. Okay, are we starting with uh, Super Bowl picks that we want to see, or Super Bowl picks that we think are going to happen? <clears throat> We're gonna go with the think and then the want. Okay. Okay. All right. I think the. AFC Championship game this year will be uh, Bills Bengals, and I think the NFC Championship game this year will be. Oh, uh, that one's tough. That one's tough. Uh, as as cynical as I'm, I gotta ride with my boys. I'm gonna say uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm gonna try and will it into existence here. Um, I I have to. I have to. Uh, we'll go uh, Bucks Cowboys. Um, they're gonna break it. They're gonna break the streak. Twenty six in a row, no more. Uh, they're they're gonna make a conference championship. Uh, and then I would love to see a rematch. Actually, no, we'll go we'll go Bengals Cowboys for a Super Bowl. So, TJ, can you can you uh, rewind this recording to fifteen <laughs> minutes ago? Um, <laughs> and we could just replay that. And listen to that for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I think for okay. my. I I, I I don't believe I don't believe, but I believe if that makes sense. I feel like I'm getting close to how TJ feels about the Vikings, but I'm not quite there yet. I still have 
some semblance of hope. Although I guess you've got hope now. It's this a dark season place. Too, so, um, but no, I I've always got hope. I do. I think the Cowboys will make it. I'll let you figure that out for yourself. But I have to wheel it into existence. I have to try. I have to do my part. That's that's fair. That's uh, that's big of you to do that. Thank um, you. I'm sacrificing my integrity as a premier sports journalist on one of the most well-respected and established sports podcasts to support my team. I, I it's true. I'm, I'm doing now, my part. Now that we've gotten the that, that out of the way, who do you want in the Super Bowl? Oh, Cowboys! What, what's your what's your want? Cowboys, Jets, all the way, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope that's correct. God, I hope that's if I hope that's so right. I I would. I, I would love, love that so much. If only because we will have entered the upside down if that happens. There is no yes. way that actually happens. But if it does, you heard it here first, folks. It's true. Breaking news from the Q4 podcast. Um, I, I think for the NFC Championship, it's going to be Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the San Francisco 49ers. Ooh, um, as boring as that, I just like don't like the way the 49ers play at all. I don't think they're entertaining at all to watch, but uh, they win until they beat the Packers and the Cowboys. That's true on a hilarious blocked punt. <laughs> that was um, the best. I am not a believer in the Rams, so. Anyway, that's I guess that's not the question. But um, in the AFC, I think it's going to be – I'm going to go Bills and Chargers. Man! Dang. In the AFC you take, championship. You're taking mine. Um, and then I'm going to go Bills-Bucks with the Bills winning. I think the Bills are so stupid good. Dude, Josh Allen – I've been high on Josh Allen forever, and – Dude, I don't see a world where they don't win. Like, there's just no way they don't win. So there's just no I, way. I have I have not been as high on Josh Allen as you have, but like I I gotta concur. Like, they're he's so they're good. So, they're so good. Yeah, they're so good. They have everybody in all positions. They have everybody in all positions. They have literally everybody in all positions. How can they lose? They'll so find who a do way. You want? Um, I want the Bills for sure. I mean, I'd I'd love the Chargers to go there, but I feel like the Chargers going to the AFC Championship would be like, "Yep, that's good." Okay, um, because <laughs> we I did it. I feel like Pack the Bills. Up, <laughs> I feel like the Bills have like earned it, and they've gotten Patrick Mahomes in the last couple years, and it's like, man, I I think it's the Bills' time. I think it's Josh Allen's time. So I think. Uh, who would I want? Well, I'd love to see Vikings Bills. But uh I mean, wouldn't we all? I'm a man can dream. <laughs> I just I, I want to say before I go to you, TJ, I hope the Browns go 0-17 this year. I'm fully I'm fully off that bandwagon. I just they make me sick and I want them to lose every single game that they play. We're on the bad wagon for the Browns, but in a different way in that we're on the wagon watching them be bad. Yeah. yeah. I, like I just I just disagree for them to be bad. wholeheartedly with their stance on apparently everything. So it just 
yep. is frustrating and it hurts. Yep. That's but a, I'm done. Yep. That's a, I'm done. That's a conversation we didn't get to, and I don't want to just like try and cram it in here in the last five minutes. Yeah, it no. deserves yeah, its agreed. own segment. But yeah, it's yeah. I long story short, the Browns and particularly their their front office is yeah. gross. And yeah, I hope they go back to one win in two years. Same. Yup. Same. <clears throat> okay, TJ, go ahead. Hit us with it. Okay. AFC. It's Chargers Bills. It's correct. Obviously. That's correct. Clearly. <laughs> Gosh. Whoever would think something else is just a moron. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Hurtful. Thank I you mean, for sugarcoating that. I mean, I <laughs> I did choose the Cowboys to make it to the Super Bowl for <laughs> the tenth year in a row. So <laughs> Hey, I, you know I, what? If you do something enough, there's there's two ways of looking at this. Either one, doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results, is the clinical definition of insanity. Or there is the if we do it long enough, it's bound to work one of these times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm a persistent lunatic, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a fair assessment. I think that's fair. Uh, but yeah, so it's it's Chargers Bills uh, for NFC. The, the NFC is boring. I just want to get that out of the way. Yeah, the NFC is so boring because it's either going to be Bucks and Rams, or it's going to be Bucks and Niners, or it's going to be Bucks and Packers, or some combination of those four teams. And because I hate the Packers, and also because they're not going to be as good this year because they sent Devontae Adams to the Raiders for some reason. I'm going to say it's it's Bucks rams because that's the one that hasn't been picked yet. Yeah. <laughs> because it's <laughs> That's boring. the permutation that hasn't been selected of the, of the options. But I'm going to say that you, you used the, the verb Mahomes. Mm-hmm. I'm going <laughs> to now coin... Herberted. <laughs> the Bills are going to get herberted, and <laughs> it's going to be a Bucks Chargers Super Bowl. And the Chargers are going to take it, baby. Okay, I'm all aboard that bandwagon. I have been for a while now. Yep, I like the Chargers a lot, and they they are my AFC team. They're going to go. I welcome you all onto the bandwagon. I'm. I'm psyched about them. They're they're going to be good this year. Yeah. Herbert is, he's been, ah, uh, I'm I'm excited. Who I want to be in the Super Bowl? It's obviously Chargers Vikings. However, I would make an exception for a Seahawks Jets Super Bowl <laughs> because that would be Joe Flacco versus Drew Locke. <laughs> Amazing. Two, it, on two <laughs> of the worst teams in the NFL, that if just for some reason they they do it Jaguar style and they, they just click for some unknown reason the because they just made it work somehow. The only thing that would make that matchup better is if Drew Locke went down with injury and the Seahawks, for some reason, decided to sign Jay Cutler. Uh, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater is who you mean to say. I, I just think well, he's. I think a Joe Flacco, Jay Cutler Super Bowl would be that would be that would be so. That, good. Yeah, it is the legendary. Super Bowl that this world deserves. <laughs> <laughs> Take that as you after will. last year's playoffs, and then it's then we go to that. The garbage bowl. <laughs> uh, oh man. Uh, that yeah. So Herberted. 
Herberted. Hashtag Herberted. I already put that on the list. <laughs> Good. Hit us with the list, Noah. Hashtag Romo2020. Hashtag Anthony should choose the Vikings. Hashtag Teddy's job. Hashtag Spoofer Boof. Hashtag Kevin. Hashtag Minshew Man. Hashtag Jolt the Bolts. Hashtag Cobb Bostis. Hashtag Kiss Carter. Hashtag Plug Me In. Hashtag Hack Off Stan. Hashtag WTF WFT. Hashtag Bill the Puma. Hashtag It Wing. Hashtag Kachow. Hashtag Hire Jacob Schneider. Hashtag Ham Sandwich. Hashtag Base Food Basscocker. Hashtag Oh. Ohio does exist. Hashtag I didn't need a uh, hold on. Let's pause. Hashtag fix the mic for Mike. Hashtag who's your bad wagon. Hashtag PJ Fleck elite. Hashtag quick trip. Hashtag girth. Hashtag Craig. Hashtag juice it. Hashtag herberted. <laughs> hashtag girth. Always. I forget about time. that one. Every time. <laughs> well. From all of us at the girthiest podcast you can find. Thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. Girthy flack daddy.